0: Hello. Hi there. Okay. It can't actually be Wednesday already, can it?
1: I am, it couldn't have come fast enough for me this week.
0: Oh, okay. You too, huh?
1: We have so much to talk about. <laughs>
0: Tell me. About, and and we are thanks to Alf, uh, Dr. Garland, we actually already have a Q&A, QA, question. Oh. With so I get to steer the boat for the first few feet. or ALF does, please review the protocols for an acute and chronic vertebral disc injury and the protocol for cord descending inhibition. We kind of already did that, but it's acute is when the patient bent over and picked up a brick yesterday, and now they have pain down their leg. That's an acute disc. It includes frequencies for hemorrhage and torn and broken, and a lot of stuff for inflammation. And then I can't remember ever, except maybe on David Simons, treating a chronic vertebral disc. Discs are always acute on chronic. Yeah. The patient has a back that goes out for wet tacos, but that's another thing. The, your back goes out once a year for every two or three years. And then yesterday, you pick something up, you bend over, tied your shoe, or you bent over and picked up the jug of whatever, and your back goes out, everything spasms, and you end up with pain in your butt, or pain in your foot. That is acute on chronic, or what we call subacute. And so that's It's really easy. There should be acute and subacute and you hardly ever use chronic. And then descending inhibition is a concept that loss of descending inhibition is a concept that really only exists in the FSM world because we're the only ones that can treat it unless you're going to put in a baclofen pump on somebody that's totally spastic. So loss of descending inhibition you have to get the concept that there is descending inhibition of spasticity 100% of the time. Go. So
1: for the lay people listening, do you want to oh. just kind of briefly explain what descending inhibition
0: is? Because that sounds complicated. It, it does. It's actually not exactly complicated. It's No, like... but I
1: think people don't know it as that term. So if you could. True, true story. Okay. So.
0: Uh, see nobody has line lanes, land lines anymore, right? Remember when you, there used to be landlines, there was a thing called a dial tone. You'd pick up the phone and there'd be this buzz that was just 24 seven It says, Hey, the line is here. Right. There is a constant signal coming down from your brain through your spinal cord to your muscles that says, don't spasm. And we don't know about that unless we have cerebral palsy, at which point the dial tone is missing and you have spasticity, right? That's loss of descending inhibition from an upper motor neuron lesion in your brain caused by cerebral palsy. There is also in probably MS, there is a kind of increase in tone and spasticity, an ataxic gait that's caused when this the signals that come down from your brain through your spinal cord to your muscles that says, don't spasm. When that signal gets interrupted, you get spasticity. The milder form of that is tone. It's tone. It's you can have strong muscles with normal tone and strong muscles with increased tone. The muscles are harder or tighter than they should be normally. And we find it because we can change it. So we run increased secretions in the spinal cord. And we think that what we're doing is increasing GABA because Jay Shaw asked me, what do you mean, um, what are you increasing when you increase secretions in the spinal cord? And it's like, well, that's a really good question. Nobody knows because nobody's measured it. But since the descending inhibitory transmitter, the the neurotransmitter that comes down the spinal cord and makes your muscles relax, that's GABA. The neurotransmitter that comes down the spinal cord and makes your muscles contract is acetylcholine and dopamine, right? Go and do and move the muscle. Relax is GABA. So what we're increasing when we run increase secretions in the spinal cord and relax tone has to be GABA. And of course, somebody someplace is going to want proof of that, good luck. But so the place where you suspect it is the patient whose legs, especially, have really tight adductors and hamstrings. My hamstrings are always tight. My, qu- my QLs are always tight. And oh, yeah, I have this disc bulge, herniation in my neck and I had neck surgery five years ago. And then my hamstrings are always tight. Okay, so the disc bulge was really central and it pushed on the motor pathways. And when you push on the motor pathways with a disc, you make the myelin a little bit thin and that interferes with conductivity of GABA and that makes your hamstrings tight. And your adductors and your pectineus and your bribus. And you kind of have to come to a practicum and feel it before it makes sense. I'm really sorry. Yep. Andrew, welcome.
1: Yep. <laughs> That's one heck of an intro. Like we just packed a punch with all the Q&A like so fast.
0: Yeah. Um, they're catching on. We're doomed. You know that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh man, there's so much that I want to kind of roll with, with what you were just talking about. Um, cause you kind of hit so many things just there. You talked about like acute and subacute and chronic stages of healing. And then you talked about descending inhibition. Um, let's just hit this Q and a really fast. That's on our, um, live feed. And then I'm going to go back and bring the bus around, um, swing around the parking lot and pick up some more kids. So, um, Linda writes, in order to avoid 81, um, 89, um, okay, I recently used 98 um, on A and 255 on B, and then 81 on A and 255 on B, working with a Parkinson's patient. Um, this seemed to work quite well to improve posture and gait, reduce tremors and athloid like movements.
0: Linda. For Parkinson's, we have a frequency for the basal ganglia that makes Parkinson's like a slam dunk. It's like it's just mild to moderate Parkinson's, like it's easy. easy. I, I, every time I say something like that is going to be easy, I expect to be struck by lightning or something. But yeah, it's just increased secretions in the basal ganglia, which I think is 988 is the basal ganglia from the advanced. If you haven't taken the advanced, wait until you take the advanced because then we explain the whole thing. Um, What we did find out the hard way is um, that we ran increased secretions in the basal ganglia on a gentleman that was on a ton of medication, early onset Parkinson's, mid 40s, we ran increased secretions in the basal ganglion for maybe 20 minutes. And at the end of 20 minutes, he said, I I have to get up. I, I have to, I have to get up. And he he shuffled into the meeting room space at the six o'clock hour. He shuffled in, he got up off the table, started doing jumping jacks to blow off some of the dopamine. Uh-huh. Then he said, I'll be back and took off running laps around running laps around the ballroom and then ran a lap around the hotel lobby and then came in. (sighs) Wow, that's so much better. Wow. So it's possible to overdo the production of Parkinson's. I'm actually not too sure what 255 is. Do you know what that is?
1: No, I was going to ask you. Not off the top of my head. I'm (laughs) going to go to my buddy and I'll check.
0: Yeah, I'm going to guess it's motor centers, but it's just easier, Linda, to use the basal ganglia.
1: Oh, you might be right, because I remember fooling around with that when we were originally trying to work that in with the sports course and just figured that 92 or 94 were just, yeah,
0: um,
1: 92 yeah. is the, maybe. Um, I'm going to continue on with these questions before we kind of go further. Okay. Would you say that... Um, Dystonia is also a form of lack of descending inhibition.
0: Leaf, yes, the dystonia that I've treated, so cervical dystonia. um, It really depends on where the dystonia takes place, what body part, and um, it. The trick with dystonia, let's say in the face, we don't have a frequency for the. The part of the brain that does that. That was before it occurred (sighs) to me that those cranial nerves come out of the pons, not the medulla. So you might be able to run increased secretions in the pons and get rid of facial dystonia. Right. Um, Cervical dystonia is going to be 81 and 10, 81 and 94. You just have to increase secretions in the medulla. You have to be a little bit careful with because that's also the respiratory center. That's where the vagus comes out. That's where is it? The medulla is just a very busy place. So yes, good. Yes.
1: Okay. I just double checked. Um, yeah, two fifty five. We have two forty five, two fifty three, two fifty five, four fifteen. We have brain motor centers. Um, I don't okay. use that one a ton.
0: I don't use them at all because the times I tried them, they never worked. So I give up pretty quickly. Okay. I'm going
1: to mm-hmm. pause the question because this was something that was emailed to me is you and Dr. Carol speak quite frequently about the frequencies that don't work. Can we have a list of those?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, well, now we know that 46 works. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. a sarcolemma, probably, maybe Yeah. <laughs> um, 40, that whole sequence, 47, 48, 50, that group. Yeah. Um, 284 is great for bruises and blood clots. So you have to be really careful with it, but it might be chronic inflammation. And on the other hand, it might not work much at all. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't come to a complete firm decision about it. Yeah. Um, 58. I, yeah. We knew that leaf. It autocorrect dystonia.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I want I, to, can I keep going on this um, no. frequencies that may or may not work um, track? Someone writes something really interesting before we knew 124 was time dependent. Did we think it not worked? Yes. Yeah. So that could lead us down a rabbit hole. Could these other ones just be time dependent?
0: The thing with 124 is that it always worked, but it didn't last. So, So 124
1: is our frequency that we use for torn and broken. Right. Um, Just for people listening. Yeah.
0: And torn and broken in, let's say, the connective tissue or the ligament or the tendon takes the pain down in five minutes, but it doesn't, it didn't last. So, I did it as a drive by. I ran it for, four minutes. Right. I had no idea that if you ran it for 60 minutes, it would actually repair the tendon. Right. So that's mm, it, it, <clears throat> <clears throat> hmm. that's a really good question. And the problem is I have enough trouble keeping my treatment times down to 60 to 90 to 120 minutes as it is if 255 ends up being time dependent, I'm just doomed. I, right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: but I think we always knew 124, and I'm, I'm maybe I might be speaking at a turn. I always knew it was doing something because it would take the pain away immediately. So it was one of those things where it's like, it's not like I never got anything. There was something. We just didn't know that it needed more time to heal because we could take the pain down right away. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree
1: um I never got anywhere with the 58s um I always felt like I had to it was kind of like going to church like I knew I had to say something and stand up and do something with my hands but I didn't know why I was doing it or what the effect was
0: <laughs> true and we started using the 58s in 1998 when Ryan w- Williams went and found them and they seemed to be the missing link in myofascial, um, myofascial pain. And then over time, as we learned to use 13 and think, you have to remember that in 1998, we didn't know that in order to treat the muscle, you had to treat the disc and the facet and the ligaments. So we thought in 1998, when we were using the 58s, we thought we were treating the muscle. Fast forward to 2000. When do we figure out that it's never the muscle? Probably 2017.
1: At least, yeah.
0: <clears throat> what do we both have frogs today? There's <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of mic muting going on as we clear our threads. So, um, so the 58s back in 1998 did something, but we don't know what. And they do work. The 58s do work in visceral adhesions and visceral, um, it's worth a try or a drive-by, but yeah, true story.
1: So, yeah, I think that's kind of summarizes those A channels. Do you have any, oh man, we have so many B channels. Like we just kind of talked about it now. We have um, a whole bunch for different brain parts, but we don't use them. We use
0: 92 Right. Motor center for the most part. 90, 92, um, 89 sort of encompasses the whole amygdala, hippocampus, thalamus. Yep. Complex. There is a frequency for the amygdala. I've never seen it to do anything. There is a frequency for the hippocampus. Once again, never seen it to do anything. Right. Thalamus, 89 works just fine for thalamic pain. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So use 89. The uh, basal ganglia in 988 was experimental, was right. on that investigational list until it has worked time after time, like literally dozens and dozens of times without a single failure in Parkinson's. So that has okay. to be the basal ganglia. There's a frequency for the substantia nigra, and I've tried that in Parkinson's patients. It's on the investigational list and it's going to stay there because it's never done anything. Mm-hmm. But the basal ganglia, that one works. It's like, okay, check the box. Right. Um, what's the other one? All those motor and sensory pathway portions. of the, Yeah. I, yeah. No, didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, different corticospinal tracts. There are frequencies that were developed or scanned for doused for specifically for the group at Cleveland Clinic and at Shirley Ryan that are treating a lot of spinal cord injuries. Those (laughs) folks um, find those to be really useful. I don't have enough mileage to say yes or no. And speaking of Cleveland Clinic and Shirley Ryan, that group uses, you know, those spinal segment frequencies, 284, C1, C2, all the way down. Yeah, The only one I ever use is C1 and C2. Yeah. The Cleveland Clinic and Shirley Ryan folks use those segmental levels to treat patients with spinal cord injuries at those levels. Right. And they work Hmm. like Ben Cotholi will wax poetic about them. And it's like, I'm just like, really? Okay. Yeah.
1: What about um, some of the different um, skeleton components like there's one for scapula there's one for club yeah
0: no No. elbow no yeah Yeah, Yeah. no upper extremity joint lower extremity joint no i mean what we have is what is the clavicle made of periosteum and 39 and 59 and one one year i actually knew what was 39 and what was 59 and then Mm. I forgot. And now I have to use 39 and 59 both because one's cortical bone and one's cancellous bone. Great. Right. I can't actually remember why I figured out which one did which, but now I don't remember. So I use both of them. Um, clavicle, scapula, it just doesn't make any sense. That, yeah, no.
1: Okay. That's Maybe. good to know. I personally always start on periosteum because that's the pain okay. generator, anyways. So um and that the most of the time. Is- right. In Hi Kevin.
0: Is- yes. Hi Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing something. Um <laughs> the um the in bone mats, if, if there was ever a study to be done. There is no successful treatment for the pain of metastatic bone cancer. Right. We haven't ever found anyone this protocol doesn't work on. Hmm. And it's um, pressure in the periosteum, which makes sense because the METS fills the marrow cavity and causes the bone to expand, making little tears in the periosteum. Right. So pain reaction, pressure, torn and broken and inflammation in the periosteum and then reduce inflammation in the bone marrow and the bone, yeah. right? right? We haven't found anybody that doesn't work on. Hmm. So that's, that says something. Very interesting. Yeah. And it's, somebody want to do a study? Please. Yeah. It's none of this stuff ever happened until it's published. We're working on it.
1: Let's keep going here for a minute. Follow me down (laughs) the rabbit rabbit hole for a second. Do you think there is um, a sequence that some of our channels need to follow in order to work? Like I remember somebody when we were talking about the 58s not working and it's like, well, no, you have to run the 58s after 13 or before 13, or it was something that somebody was saying. And I was like, Oh, I never thought about having to stack frequencies in a way to make them more or less effective.
0: Well, the 58s, like we said in musculoskeletal, it's like not a thing. Yeah, Visceral probably. Yeah. The stacking Some of that is, it's a Harry Van Gelder thing. Okay. So you run trauma. You want to explain who Harry Van
1: Gelder is too, for people just turning in and. uh, Right. Sorry, I make you do these things because we have a lot of new people that are um, listening to us right now. so.
0: So Harry Van Gelder was the osteopath who came from England in 1946, bought a practice, an osteopathic practice, and walked into the back room, saw this thing covered up with a sheet took the sheet off saw the machine that was made in 1922 that machine came with a list of frequencies he taught himself to use the frequencies he was a naturopath an osteopath a homeopath and a medical clairvoyant so when he treated people he could see the effect of the frequencies on their field on their system besides being able to feel the difference that the frequencies made. And Harry taught George Douglas and George Douglas taught me. So there are some things we do like the concussion protocol, because Harry said so. Why do we do the concussion protocol on everybody? Because Harry said so. Why do we run trauma paralysis and allergy reaction as a sequence? It's actually the emotional component, 970, then trauma, 94 or 294, paralysis, allergy reaction. Why do we do it in that order? Well, because Harry said so. We've adjusted that sequence to include 124 and then follow it with 40. So if you think about it as, okay, you have your office that you want to paint and you just want to come in and, you know, paint your office. You want to get around, you just want to run 40, right? But you want to paint your office. Well, first you have to take the stuff off the wall and then you have to patch all the holes and then you have to prime it and then you can paint your office. So if you think of (coughs) 970, trauma, paralysis, allergy reaction, and torn and broken as priming it, then you can, that's, that's my idea about it. I like there that. Are, there are times when I run 40 first because all the patient cares about is getting the pain gone. And okay. 40 is going to do that. Yeah. But to actually repair the tissue You have to prime it. You have to do all the pieces of it, right? Or nothing will stick. There's, there's that, right? And then you increase secretions and vitality. It's a sequence, and it, it's because of Harry. It's how we have come to think about how cells and the body work, right? It's only in our world.
1: I know, and it's. And I think, again, going back to how much the core education has changed in the last um, five years, for sure, um, 10 years, absolutely. So people who have taken the core, like, anywhere, like, after, like, or before five years ago, you need to revisit it because it's, it is, like, learning a completely new, um, it's a new course. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, not just memorizing the stack or memorizing the list. And yeah, there's some things that you have to kind of memorize a little bit, but like you were just saying, I don't care about memorizing what 255 is or scapula because what is the scapula? Well, it's made of like, what's causing the pain. It's it's everything pulling off the periosteum. Why is it pulling off? Why is that tight? So you're following your own rabbit hole every single day with every single patient, with every single pathology.
0: And it's not just a matter of learning the language. It's learning how to think you can walk into a cafe. And if you've just learned English, you can say, may I have a bagel, please. You just learned those five words and you memorized them in the language lab and you can walk in and say those words. If you're fluent in the language, you come in and you look at the pastry case and go, wow, those muffins look great. Is that poppy seed? I wanna, can I have, the, the, I want a poppy seed muffin, please. So that's the, the difference. I think that's what's changed in the last five years is instead of teaching people to learn the frequencies, it's teaching them how to think about how the system is organized once you have frequencies as a tool. Right. Nobody on the planet thinks of full body myofascial pain that is not fibromyalgia because nobody on the planet besides us has 40 and 10, reduce inflammation in the spinal cord. That's right. Nobody on the planet thinks of tight hamstrings adductors pectineus and brevis as loss of descending inhibition because nobody on the planet has a way of changing that right and for us it's like well that's easy it's 81 and 10
1: yeah (laughs) great transition once again So there was a case, so I'm barely ever on our Facebook practitioner page. I'm barely ever on Facebook these days, but I like to go on and see some of the questions once in a while to see if we can add something because if someone's asking it on the Facebook group, people are probably thinking about it anyways. There was one practitioner. I'm going to kind of butcher the, her original post, but um, she had a patient that came in early forties who um, had fractured his ribs, um, and it was four to five weeks old. Only had a custom care, and ran chronic fracture.
0: Oh, bad! Oh, bad! Oh, ow!
1: So I, I, this was me reading it at four thirty in the morning because I wake up at four thirty, I check Facebook, have my cup of coffee, and I was like, "What?" I'm like, "Hey, just w- relax." This person Back came on asking for help but this is, um, go. Okay. So yes, that person obviously felt worse the next day. And, um, so I want to talk a little bit about failures and your favorite failure and my favorite failure. This is how we learn. This is also how me as the biggest skeptic learned. It wasn't what the success is, Cause I was like, yeah, it was cause of my hands. It was the failures. It was the patients that I made worse that I was like, Oh, this stuff really works. The stuff is really doing something. Yeah. So we kind of started the podcast off talking about stages of healing. And that is a really important, um, crucial component of thinking about the frequencies the way that if you do anything else, diagnostically, it's stage the healing And think about what your intent is within that stage of healing. That's a great idea.
0: Exactly. Just
1: For safety. Right. And I think you've said it first because you've made so many mistakes and that makes people like us go, Oh, if you're making mistakes then I can make a mistake.
0: Oh, this, this is, this is the thing that you need to know. It is not possible for anyone in the FSM universe to have made as many mistakes as I've made, and I've had 25 years to do it, so right. I'm yeah. way ahead of you. Right,
1: <laughs> but but with that comes why you teach the way that you do, because there is a legitimacy to our work when we create pain, when we make people worse. And you say that with new patients, like we don't oversell it. You come out, and I think you pretty much say to patients, like my goal is to
0: not make you worse. That's That's the plan for today is don't make you worse. Right. Because so many other practitioners have already made them worse.
1: Right. And I think that's, that's fair. So some people freak out when they make somebody worse and they get all this anxiety. And it's like, even without FSM, you always have the ability to make your patient worse. Like, that's just, I don't care what your practice is.
0: I had a physical therapy assistant. Do I had let's say leg pain or low back pain or whatever. And she gave me exercises that for a normal person would have been fine. Well, doing the exercises in the gym that day, she tore my SI joint because that SI joint had been torn before. And because of the condition of my muscles, we put too much leverage and we just tore my SI joint. Had to go back to getting it taped, had to go back to treating it. So you always have the ability to make somebody worse. Right. But the stages of healing, it's such a learning experience. I thought a fracture was a fracture. So in six weeks, a fracture is healed, right? Except for ribs. And except when there's a plate in eight screws, So I had cloud in the fracture in my shoulder at six weeks, which meant it was going to heal, but it wasn't healed for four months, five months. Ribs, ribs, I worked on a patient. All I did, I swear, all I did was scarring in the nerves. I didn't do scarring in the periosteum, right? Scarring in the nerves. He was worse for four weeks every time. So ribs, normal fractures take six weeks. That was a good learning experience. Rib fractures take 12 or more.
1: Because they're always moving. It never stays still. I know, it's terrible. So don't feel bad. Right. But I want to go with this a little bit because I kind of went on one, I did end up answering this person And I want to kind of talk about this because this is, there's many different angles. So some people were jumping on her and whatever, and it's not just because you have a custom care doesn't mean your hands are tied. You have so many options. I only had a custom care for the first year and a half, almost two years. And again, with the way that we're teaching the course, you have the ability to write programs. So the person was like, "I didn't see acute fracture on my custom care, so I just ran chronic fracture." Okay, I've got problems with that.
0: That's our bad. I found out that when the staff loaded the custom care mode bank, Brittany changed the name of the acute fracture, so it's not fracture acute. I don't. It need- feels like
1: stress fracture or something. I think like it's something weird. Yeah.
0: Okay. So not but, but I'm not
1: going to accept that as an excuse because what? of the way, because of the way we're teaching the course, mm-hmm. write your own program, especially if you work and the person was like, well, I work in a busy physio clinic. I couldn't do it. So I said on your day off or on the weekend, sit down with the mode bank. And if you're quasi new to this, this is the best way to learn is make some one or two liners that we, and when we say one or two liners, Torn and broken in the periosteum, 124 and 783. Put that on for 20 minutes. Torn tendon. That's one I always have on the clinic, 124 and 191. Put that on loop for an hour. 124
0: and 77. Yes. Most of the tendons are flat, not round, but that's another conversation. Go.
1: Yes. <laughs> so th- that's my first thing is write your own. like, And that's how you learn what the numbers are, how you memorize things. Write your own one or two liners For your busy practice. That's, that's point two. Point number three, let's just say you can't go back in time or you can't go ahead to the weekend and write this, what would have been a better option. So we know that we don't have acute fracture in there and we're dealing with ribs scan the list. And again, go back to that stage of healing. We're in an acute phase, we're only four to five weeks out, we're with a very movable um, area. So it's the rib, but the ribs also a joint. So go through your mode bank, maybe soft tissue acute would have been the better option or extremity joint acute, we have so many
0: little ones, when in doubt,
1: go with the stage of healing.
0: Well, and the other thing is, when you make the patient worse, and it's not if at some point you're going to make somebody worse. Yes. That's, that's like, that's a given. Yes. When you make them worse, don't panic. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You should come back tomorrow. I can fix that. Right. It's, it's when you treat somebody for inflammation. We talked about this last week. Yes. Treat somebody for inflammation and they have an undiagnosed um, dental abscess and you make them worse that's good news. I'm sorry. And you're welcome. Yes. So come back this afternoon. We'll run the frequencies for infection. We're going to quiet it down. And then you're going to call your dentist and tell him you have an abscess and you need to get in tomorrow. Right.
1: So how would you advise this um, person who created more pain in the person who had the rib fracture? What would be your antidote if that person
0: said, okay, come on back. Um, what would you do? What would you run? Single fr- frequency combinations are a good way to go if all you have is a custom care. Yeah. Acute fracture, stress fracture. Actually, I'll make sure that the mode bank is fixed. Now that you mention it, uh, I would probably do single frequency combinations, one twenty four and seven eighty three, for. So torn and broken in the periosteum, because that's what you did. Yeah. The periosteum is what creates the matrix that the body fills in with calcium to repair a fracture. Right. So you unfixed the periosteum. Right. So torn and broken in the periosteum and inflammation in the periosteum. So 20 and 20 or 20 and 10, 30 minutes on torn and broken. And 10 or 15 minutes on inflammation. And um, the other thing you might do, this is a thought. If you're a manual therapist and you're a PT, so let's say you only have 30 minutes. So you're on 20 minutes of torn and broken in the periosteum, 10 minutes of inflammation, and then you massage, do manual therapy on the hips, the low back, and the neck, so you provide, com- actually probably the neck, work on the neck. You provide competing information using the pain gate premise, pain gate model. You yeah. Use competing information by massaging the neck. Why are you rubbing on my neck? Because your neck is really tight because your ribs hurt. And what the patient doesn't need to know is that you're using the pain gate mechanism to provide competing information to compete with the pain from the ribs. And they, Oh, and their neck is really tight because the ribs hurt. Yes. So, and they're trying to breathe with their scalenes instead of their ribs. So of course, Thank you. So
1: that's exactly so we've learned as the gate control theory of pain. I'm sure it's the exact uh, same thing we're talking about. So this is for the lay people listening. This is a theory of um, you get up in the middle of the night and you go to get a glass of water and you bang your shin on the coffee table. What's the first thing you do after you swear? You rub your shin. So the pressure and the touch helps, um, Negate the nociceptors or those pain receptors. So doing manual therapy on their neck, same thing, You're, you're creating this influx of good feelings away from the pain. I would also say to add heat, we know now all this great research, we're not doing rice, we're doing meth. So movement, elevation, traction and heat. So tractioning the neck. Um, if you have, like, if you're using the towel warmers in your clinic with your FSM, you have a nice hot towel behind their neck. This is all going to feel good. This is all going to help with inflammation and, um, the person's going to leave happy because, you know, yeah.
0: and for the geeks in the audience, you just look up, up Melzack and wall pain gate. I think it's pain gate. Okay. Cause it was the concept is, and we use this to our benefit when we run 40 and 10, So you can't, so there's this concept of ascending pain messages, TENS units work by providing muscle contractions and sensation above the level, let's say you have low back pain and you provide a lot of muscle contraction and sensation above where the pain is, The muscle. This input blocks this input, and that's Malzack and Wall. If you want to look it up, it's been around. Well, it's why tens devices were developed by, oh, what's his name? It's it'll come to me. Anyway, go.
1: No, (laughs) that's that's good. One other thing with with this case and kind of going back to Facebook is I. And it's that time of year people are a bit testy and it's a hard, stressful, um, but let's just try to be kind on Facebook because it's hard to, it's hard enough to make a mistake and make somebody worse. Um, so my hat always goes off to people who ask for help because this is what makes us better. So let's just try to keep it like um empowering and caring. And we don't need to like point fingers and say what was like it's let's keep it positive.
0: Well, and everybody has to have a first day. Everybody has to have a first day. Yeah. So I'm, you know, the people that have the trainee button on. Yeah. Everybody was a trainee at one point.
1: I know. I love, I love thinking about that. Right. Like it's, we all, and I remember it clearly the first time I did things and, um, I, I kind of wrote like these, you'll remember this case. You'll remember making this person worse and this will make you better because you'll never make that mistake again, hopefully.
0: <laughs> well, I've made the same mistake two or three times. It's like, ah, I can't believe I did it again. So
1: I'm going to jump to some Q and A's before we go any further here. We have one ulnar impaction syndrome slash ulnar abutment. Never heard of this before. Wondering if either of you have encountered it. Uh, Ulnar impaction syndrome. Oh, I I have a thing when I hear the word syndrome at the end of anything, I get angry. They made that up. It's not
0: it's no, that that is not a thing.
1: (laughs) The reason you never heard of this before is because the person made it up.
0: Yeah, they whoever whoever (laughs) it was, the patient comes in and says, They have they said I have this thing, and it's like, no, you don't. Um, ulnar abutment. So one of the reasons I took four years of Latin in high school, I went to a Catholic girls high school and I was on the geek track. And so I took four years of Latin and it figured that it lets me take things apart because the English language is based on that. So ulnar abutment just means, so if you look at a skeleton and you see what the ulna is shaped like it's really complicated. It makes the knee look easy. The ulna is an impossible joint. That's right. So there's this ulna and abutment just means it's running into the other end of the... D- so ulna. those of
1: you who are watching, our, both of our faces got scrunched up because the person... <laughs> The person just wrote says her bones keep growing and it sounds like osteoarthritis.
0: Well, duh. Um, (laughs) Yes. So we have an X-ray and you can't take away bone. That is there that grew because your body thought you needed some. The thing to remember with any osteoarthritis is inflammation and tone the body calcifies you have bone spurs because some ligament or some tendon is pulling on the periosteum and wolf's law says you know if it moves saluted if it doesn't move calcify it so (laughs) it pulls on the and so you grow bone spur the ulna is complicated because you have all of the forearm flexors and extensors attaching someplace open up netter and look at the tendinous attachments to the ulna it's it's all tendons find out where the bone spur is find out what tendon is there and then go looking for why that tendon is chronically tight Mm -hmm. that's what i would do right ulna is not an intuitively obvious place to develop arthritis. Right. fingers makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Hips make sense. Big yeah. Bearing joints. What do you do with your elbow that makes it make bone spurs?
1: Yeah. And the ulna radius, right? Like we, it's not just, like you said, it's the knee is a really super easy slam dunk hinge joint. It moves in one plane. The ulna we have, um, supination and pronation that's in the mix so and where in the ulna is it at the elbow or is it at the wrist
0: a, a butt oh that's a good point i forgot about the wrist yeah
1: there's good. two articulations right maybe the person oh, will I add on I where the.
0: i don't ever count the one at the wrist because the ulna's so tiny down there i know
1: but it's still there I so know. wrist ha wrist it's at the wrist You win chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) So even more complicated is, so you're not having pronation supination. You're having everything to do with the carpals.
0: Wait, 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 But, (laughs) but, but that the ulna carpal joint is there's three bones there. And there's a triangular cartilage that's in the ulnar section, isn't it? Or is it over? The TFCC
1: is, yeah. Yeah. So
0: no, no, they made it up.
1: Hang on. Basically says her pinky finger bone keeps growing and only diagnosed in people after they reach 30.
0: Okay. Maybe they didn't make it up, but why would that? That's a good face. Uh, that's, I have it's that. your face. So those of you who
1: are listening, you're missing the faces, but this is like super interesting, okay,
0: which is why up. it
1: sounds inflammatory. <laughs> so in inflammation is just one small component though, of treating anything osteoarthritic or bone spurry. Correct.
0: I mean, what, is, what, is, what does she do for a living?
1: Yeah. What are the uh, bone doing? Right. So we need to know what the activities of day- child care. So lifting kids probably.
0: Okay. Thank you, Dana. I have no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it took five minutes to figure out. We don't know what to do with this big case. Okay. So let's break this down though. So it sounds inflammatory. It's, but osteoarthritis is calcification. Bone spurs
0: 91, right? So if we had to wait, how do they know? Wait, wait, how do they, wait, wait, (laughs) how do they know that bone keeps growing? Do they have a baseline X-ray from when she was, if she's 30, do they have a baseline X-ray from when she was 25?
1: Yeah. How do they not know that it's just not like malformed and it's always been like
0: that genetically it's, Aha. Aha. Post spinal tumor removal by laser over a month so far. Pain is part. Yeah. Oops. Wait, wait, she, wait, (laughs) she had a spinal tumor removed by laser and that gave her pain in her hand. And that is caused what? Oops. Okay. Oops. <laughs> we're, on, we're on live folks. So, okay. A different person. Okay. Good. Whew. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Maybe okay. we should get back on Kim's track and we'll take care of Dana later. Okay. Cause the train just went right off the tracks there.
1: It did. So, okay. We'll go back to my list and everything. There is one more question that's on, on a different um, side. I, I'll let you um, talk about this um, quickly. Help for an 11 year old with breast tumor cancer. I have done 51 on A, 500 on B. Should I massage?
0: Whoa. No, no, no. We don't treat cancer. End of discussion. Period. Yeah. And cancer is inflammatory, it's not fibrotic. So if you're, we do breast. Health on healthy breasts reduce inflammation to prevent cancer. Yay. But no, Marty, once you know that patient has cancer, you're out, especially if she's 11.
1: And even aside FSM or not, I correct me if I'm wrong, I was on the council a long time, well, not too long ago, but even massage with a cancer patient is contraindicated. Um, We're not increasing circulation to cancer cells. We don't want to.
0: And if she's 11, it's a triple. E positive. Um, she just now is having increased estrogen level. Yeah. I don't care if it's inconclusive. It's like you wait until it comes back negative. And if it's inconclusive, then she has really good health insurance that I'm what is an 11 year old. Okay. That's wow. Yeah. I, okay. It's all right. I like the 160 malignant virus to helps in many treatments. Wondering what you think 160 is actually treating that one. I can answer some of the rest of these are like, I know um, it's crazy. 160. What we think is happening with all of these frequencies is we're changing the effect. 160 is not big enough, not a high enough frequency to actually modify a biological organism but it's enough to change the effect that organism has on cell signaling. So, so there's, so that's, that's what 160 does and it's magic. It's just magic. Right. And viral plexopathies, viral infections of all sorts. 160 is your friend and With the 11-year-old Marty, the thing to do is put her on phosphorylated B6 because you can't metabolize estrogen without methylated folate and phosphorylated B6. So you can't touch her. You can massage her back. You can run immune support. You can run concussion Uh, Because imagine being an eleven-year-old who's getting biopsies and told she might have breast cancer when you're eleven and you're just getting breasts and now the breasts uh, are—I mean, yuck. So concussion protocol, adrenal support, immune support, and phosphorylated B six and methylated folate. So if you look in the in the nutritional pathway that leads you to cancer you, it's, that's what we can do safely. And as Shirley Hartman will tell us in February is lots of vitamin C. Okay.
1: Yeah. So reiterate, we do not treat cancer with FSM. Nope. <clears throat> um, okay. All the questions are piling in. We only have about 10 minutes left. So I want to just, um, Okay. We'll just kind of go with what's on here. So the other person wrote post spinal tumor remover removal by laser over a month ago. So far pain is partially controlled by hydrocodone, but still very uncomfortable suspect. She has to get repeated surgeries.
0: Um, so this is 85 years old has to lay down most of the day. F- FSM will help pain inflammation. Oh yeah. So 40 and 10. So the spinal tumor, was it in the bone or the cord? Usually spinal tumors are in between the dura and the cord. So unless it's primary bone tumor. So 40 and 10 will take the pain down, treat the bone. How did they, so look at the mechanism of the surgery. So this takes us back to Kim's point about, stages of healing. Any surgery, you look at the path of the trauma. So where did the scope go? How did they get the laser to the tumor? Did they have to go through the bone? At which point you run basically acute fracture. Is it just trauma to the cord? Then you run 40 and 10. That, And that takes us to spinal cord sensitization so if her spinal cord is now inflamed pissed off then any peripheral input so why is she more comfortable in bed what's up with that Hmm. what's the difference between standing up and laying down when you stand up you have sensation from your feet and your knees you have proprioception you have clothes and all of that input goes up the spinal cord if the spinal cord is inflamed all of that input so remember from the cytokine paper if the pain pathways are interrupted any place between the thalamus and the spinal cord, you have essentially thalamic pain. So all incoming sensation is going to be converted into pain signals. That's why she wants to lay down because there's no thing going up her spinal cord. When she stands Mm -hmm. up sensation from her feet, her knees, her hips gets turned into signals that go up the spinal cord that get, that make pain, that turn into pain signals. So I would try 40 and 10 and 40 and 89, the reduce inflammation in the cord, reduce inflammation in the thalamus, reduce the activity of the thalamus. And this takes us back to what you started with. Think about the process. So this isn't a recipe for treating everybody that's ever had spinal surgery, but it's the concept of central sensitization, spinal cord sensitization, and the fact that if you interrupt the pain pathways, any place between the spinal cord and the thalamus, you end up with thalamic pain. Right. So we have a tool, this, this lady, sh- she may end up needing a custom care to keep herself, but if you can get her out of pain for 24 hours, then my guess is correct. So this is an educated guess. It's a hypothesis that you get to test right. 40 and 10, 40 and 89.
1: Do you think any, see, and I just kind of went to the mechanical, um, part of standing up. You have all the compression through the discs and through the facets. Um, so you want in a totally different way that I would have started, um, but
0: centric instead of osteopathically trained
1: yeah but like i would have got to where you were going so again going to people are like i wouldn't have gone there you probably would have it might have just taken you a different path to get there
0: the other thing is there's no reason you can't do both Uh, right so you would run oh it's my cat is in the room it's like what is that noise it's like the cat. Um, so there's no reason you can't do both. So you would right. run subacute facets on one machine back to front at the level where this surgery took place, run 40 and 10 with one unit and 40 and 10 with the other unit. And so you hit all three hypotheses at one time with three units that let you do a miracle in probably 45 minutes.
1: Right. And that's, that's a bonus of having multiple machines is that you can test multiple hypotheses simultaneously. Um, We are almost out of time for today. It's a true story. We have two minutes left. There's one last question. Let's just try to get to it in a minute and then we'll wrap up here. Are there any recommendations for palliative comfort care on women with returning and multiplying brain tumors? She's had two brain surgeries for removal 16 and three years ago. She's post-op CBA. How old is she? Doesn't say here. Um, Maybe if the person who wrote it
0: can jot. And three years ago. Uh, right. So yeah, no, uh, no, a concussion protocol. If she's having with that many um, that many surgeries, pretty good chance she's got thalamic pain. So I would try 40 and 89 as a palliative care. Um, she should move her bed so that she's out of the magnetic field. That is she's
1: creating- 40, 40 years old.
0: Oh my gracious! Number one, stop using your cell phone up against your head. Don't ever do that. Number two um, move move your bed. So there's it's more about breast cancer than it is about um, brain cancer, but who knows? sixty Hertz is what our current flows at. It's sixty cycles per second. and there is evidence out of a study in Norway, it's in my section in the functional medicine textbook, but 60 cycle wall current, the magnetic field created by 60 cycle wall current, interferes with the ability of tamoxifen and melatonin to prevent breast cancer in breast cancer mice. So the important part about that study was Tamoxifen, we know, is used to treat estrogen-dependent cancers, but melatonin is equally effective for breast cancer as tamoxifen in this mouse study. Mm -hmm. I figure I'm a big mouse, and breast cancer increases as you get older, and what else changes as you get older? You make less melatonin, so there's that. Mm -hmm. But then if you expose these mice to a 60-cycle magnetic field, or wall current, but it was a magnetic field, Mm. 60 cycles. They get breast cancer, even if they're on tamoxifen and melatonin. So move your bed, stop using your cell phone. It is not a a coincidence that John McCain's glioblastoma was on the left side of his head. He's right-handed, hi, let me shake your hand with my right hand and I have my cell phone glued to my head there's that. So that's a whole nother conversation. So, and then she's, this is palliative care, sleeps yeah. in the recliner, no electronics. Okay. It's, I don't know. Sorry.
1: Well, like you said, in you know, the concussion protocol is, I think a wonderful, um, starting point to help people at least sleep better, you know, um,
0: these are the weirdest cases we've I've ever heard.
1: You would think it was a Halloween special. This is a very strange um, day. I got through a tenth of my list. I had this very holly jolly lead up to Christmas um, thing planned. I'll have to table that for next week.
0: Okay, next so, week is totally holly jolly pre Christmas.
1: Yes. So going on the theme of not surprising you, I'd like to start you thinking about your Christmas wish list. So I want to think about, um, I want you to think about some things that you are wishing for, for FSM, um, the, our future. So I'll put that in your brain for you to think about for the week.
0: Speaking of wish lists, I have to tell you. Yes. I haven't told Kevin yet. So it's, he's <laughs> sitting down, so it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bill Clearfield has agreed to do a three hour block on the endocrine aspects of traumatic brain injuries. And he's going to be opposite Lori Chakin, who's doing FSM in the eye. But I talked to the hotel today, and we have enough room to do both of them. So usually we do the 90 minute section on one day, and then the deep three hour dive the next day. Yeah. Dr. Clearfield has got saturday afternoon for 90 minutes on the endocrine aspects of traumatic brain injuries and there's sunday is all case reports so he's going to do a three-hour deep drive on friday morning he just agreed to that and the hotel has room so i found that out today so that's what that's my Christmas. that's my first christmas thing
1: yay well that your wish list is we're just checking things off for you <laughs> early well, that's fantastic. I'm so excited for the advance. One more thing, just people who are listening who are practitioners. The um, precision distributing has their end of the year sale I believe until just the end of the year. So those are great Christmas presents for your, your practitioner friends. Um, it's a great deal.'re still taking registrations for the advance so don't forget about that. That's also a great gift. the gift of education. Yes,
0: that's a great idea.
1: Yes 40 an hour. I know, I know. Unique. So hopefully we um, entertained some people and a- answered some very interesting questions today. Well, we always yeah, have fun. People
0: found out by listening to us puzzle our way through these things, how you think about it. And no, we don't have this weird stuff figured out. And yeah. it's just fine to not treat it. Right. It's It's like, yeah, out of my scope yes yeah I don't know how to approach it but I can think of something maybe and we'll see if it helps and if it doesn't help no harm no foul right yeah like taking 120 dollars and going to Las Vegas it's either going to help or it's not (laughs) (laughs) no I love that
1: all right have a fantastic evening we will talk about our holly jolly Christmas lists and all the fun happy things next week you got it Keep the questions coming, everybody, and we'll see you all in a week from now. Bye. Bye. The Frequency Specific Microcurrent podcast has been produced by Frequency Specific Seminars for entertainment, educational, and information purposes only. The information and opinion provided in the podcast are not medical advice, do not create any type of doctor-patient relationship, and unless expressly stated, do not reflect the opinions of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or sponsors, or the hosts, or any of the podcast guests or affiliated professional organizations.